This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Behind the Line podcast, where we discuss all things related to the Super Retriever series. Hey, everybody, I'm your host, David Hamilton, and my guest today is one of the sport's younger and female competitors, Brian Boykin. She's also the back-to-back Super Retriever Series University, or SRSU, champion. Brian, absolute pleasure here to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We have a lot to talk about with you. But as always, before we get into the conversation, we first want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, You know, the Super Retriever Series Crown Championship, along with this episode of the Behind the Line podcast, is brought to you by Yukonuba, the leader in premium nutrition for sporting and working dogs. And as I mentioned a moment ago, our guest today is a young lady who knows a thing or two about sporting and working dogs. The SRSU competition, of course, has only been around for two years. And both of those years, Brian Boykin was the winner, once as a member of a team and once as an individual. Uh, Brian Let's get started here with you. As I said a moment ago, uh, you are most known in the Super Retriever Series circuit as a competitor in the college games, the university games, but uh, let's take it back prior to that. You've been around dogs your entire life, but as I understand it, it wasn't always retrievers. Tell us about that. Yes, sir. So I actually started, um, I mean, I've had Boykin Spaniels my whole life, and I got my own when I turned 10. And we began training, just doing basic obedience um, in the backyard and realized that we needed a little bit of help. And um, so we went to Mr. Stephen Durrance in Scrubbing County, which he is a major factor in all of this. And probably within the year, we were running HRC hunt tests. So we got roped in pretty quickly. I'm sure all our listeners obviously know Stephen. He was actually our most recent guest and, and you know, multiple time uh, crown champion. But how did you meet Stephen? I know he lives somewhat near you, but how did you and your family kind of get to know Stephen and, and at first become a client of his when you're trying to get some basic obedience for those dogs back when you were a child? Um, I would say it would have to be a recommendation 
from someone because I'm only an hour from him. So I'm very, very close. And um, it had to have been a recommendation to my dad. Um, we went up there. God, I was 10 years old. So that was would have been 2011. And then how did you go from, from, you know, working with him on basic obedience to saying, Hey, this is something I might try to do to, you know, train my own dog and maybe compete in my own, my own hunt trials. Um, I want to, I mean, he's a very persuasive figure. So when we got in there and, um, it was, we'd go up probably once or twice a week just to see her. And, um, and it just kind of became something that was part of just part of our lives. And, um, I mean, I, I think Hanging Rocks in Waynesboro, I think it is, was our first hunt test. So that was definitely a learning experience. <laughs> and how old were you at that point? You said 10? Yes, sir. Wow. What's it like to be a 10-year-old a, a competing in a hunt trial? <laughs> well, we went to start it. I will not lie. We did not have a crate. We did not have, I don't even think I had a whistle. So we get there. And I expected to be with Steven the whole time. And no, he had his finished dogs and I wasn't started. So we got the dog. She sat in my lap <laughs> and I went up to the line and the, I was so nervous. And, um, the judge was like, they, I called for the birds and they threw the birds and she was, my dog was not paying attention at all. And so he sat next to me and he was like, okay, we're going to do that again. <laughs> I know she can do this. So we, it was definitely, there's definitely been some mentors throughout the whole thing that have helped me, whether it be rethrowing birds or just talking me through a series. So from that, that first experience that, that didn't go quite as, as planned, <laughs> why after that experience did you want to continue competing? What about it was, was something that made you say, you know what, this is a, a sport I want to compete in? I think it was the people because I mean, I'm, we have four dogs at home. It's a constant, there's never a time without dogs, but I think it was more of the experience and the people I was surrounded with because to see, I mean, even now when I see a younger kid coming out and doing this, it's, it's exciting for me. And I can't imagine how exciting it was to be like my judge and to see, I mean, I mean, I was probably one of the only females running and I was 10 years old. I know it was a lot, there were a lot, there was a lot of support and, um, that was definitely the main reason. And, and, you know, hunt trials was just a, a part of what seems like a, a busy childhood. I know, um, that you played a lot of sports as a kid. Uh, I also think that Shannon said that you were a hunter as a child. So it seems like you were doing a, a lot of things. How did you find time to kind of balance all that with your sports, with training your dog, <laughs> with going hunting? Just seems like a, a, a pretty exciting, but a pretty busy childhood. Oh, yes, it was definitely a lot. I would, I mean, I think this was so important to me that I had to make time because um, there definitely was not a lot. I would actually get out of school at noon and um, go train with him until what, five, until they started to feed. And then I'd come home, get my homework done and go to bed. So it's, um, and that's with three sports. So it was definitely, it's hard to find time, but I think in the long run, it was definitely worth it. What's Steven like as a mentor? I mean, I, he's, I'm sure he's going to listen to this. So I can't tell him that he's the best, but he, um, he's been awesome. He's, I mean, he 
was there for my senior send-off in high school. He's been there. I don't think they came to graduation, but I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to sit through my graduation either. But I mean, he's been there through everything, whether it be dogs or he's come to basketball games. We babysit their kids. Um, He's truly one of the bigger influences in my life and that has taught me so much more outside of dogs. Um, Probably how to be a good person, even if you are louder than anyone in the room. (laughs) That was kind of leading into my next question. What's the what's the one thing with dogs that he's taught you that, that sticks out the most? And what's the one thing in life that he's taught you that sticks out the most? Um, I would say probably the dogs, it's listen to them and know that even even though we can't actually communicate with them and well, I mean, we communicate with them. It's not like we're talking to them or they're talking back to us, but understanding what they're seeing. And kind of just viewing it through their eyes. And the difference for me in a Boykin and a lab is is crazy because you're you're almost at a different level because I could almost understand where it was going. I think that that was the biggest thing was that the communication is key. It's not just you telling a dog what to do. They, they have to understand where you're coming from and the reasoning behind it. So you mentioned that you had Boykin Spaniels as a child. So how did you switch over to retrievers? What made you want to change dog breeds? And what's the most noticeable difference you've seen in those different breeds when you are doing training? My dad actually got Pine. So Pine's my dad's dog. Um, at least we tell him that. he He's more of my dog. But um, I think he just wanted a lab. I think size difference would be the biggest thing. Um, because you're watching these birds and I'm sitting down and Pine's at my almost to eye level, whereas my little Boykin would be barely at my knees. And so I think that's the biggest, I would say that's the biggest difference that I've noticed. How often do you train with Pine these days? I know that you're you're a college student and I know obviously the, the spring semester was an interesting one because everybody got sent home due to COVID-19. But, uh, you know, Comparatively speaking, do, do you get to go home uh, from college because you're a student at Clemson University and your family's in Statesboro, Georgia? So, a little bit of a drive there. Um, do you go home and train a lot, or do you not train during the school year? What What was last year like? You know, in the fall semester when you were on campus at college, and then what was it like in the spring once you were? Uh, I'm assuming back home uh, after they made all the classes go to a, a distance learning model. Uh, yes, sir. So the fall was. Not much training, I will not lie. I did not, um, I mean, may have been up there a few times, but it was probably just to see their family and um, it wasn't necessarily training um, focused. But this spring, we've gotten a lot of work in, um, especially leading up to the SRSU. I mean, we were out there for probably every day for two or three weeks which is always an experience. Um, the hour drive at six o'clock in the morning is not my favorite thing in the world, but we'll do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I know right now we want to talk about that training and, and also about SRSU. Real quick, I want to take a, a quick break here to take another moment to thank our sponsor, Yukonuba. Sporting dogs give us everything we ask for and then some, so their nutrition should do the same for them. You can find out more information about Yukonuba at yukonubasportingdog.com. Also follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Yukonuba Sporting Dog. 
Today's guest here on the SRS Behind the Line podcast is Brian Boykin. As we said at the top of the show, she is a competitor in the SRSU college competition. And in fact, she has won it each of the last two years with her current teammate, dog named Pine. And as she said a couple minutes ago, the paperwork says Pine belongs to her dad. But if her dad's listening, I think Pine belongs to Brian. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, once you were back home in the spring, uh, and you were doing, you know, school from a distance learning since you weren't able to be on campus and you said you were able to, to train more. Uh, what were those, those couple weeks leading up to the SRSU competition like where you were, where you were driving, as you said, in the early morning hours over to Steven's property to, to train with him and get your dog ready to compete in that competition? Yeah, so it was normally a half day, but I have, my sister actually competes, um, competed this year with us. So we, um, we would drive up and get our until lunch training in. And honestly, he would throw everything at us that he could. Um, I mean, the blinds I run that he makes us run, sometimes I can't even see them. So it's um, it's always something new and always something interesting um, when we go up there and not necessarily something we expect. <laughs> so. We all know Steven's a competitive guy, but would you describe yourself as a competitive person as well? Or are you just wanting to go out there and compete and however well you do, you do? Or are you, are you one of those people like Steven where you want to go out there and you want to win? Oh, definitely. Um, I told my sister, I said, we're, because we, we also, I mean, we weren't necessarily competing as a team this year, but we were, um, we, we were trying to, we were competing against ourselves individually within the competition. And um, I told my sister, I was like, you get ready. You get ready. <laughs> um, but we every day that we'd go out there and train, um, Mr. Steven would score us and we would I would try and beat her every day. So we'd have we'd definitely have little competitions throughout the week. <laughs> well, and I'd say it paid off because you and your sister both performed quite well this year in the uh competition. We'll talk about uh, y'all coming in first and second here in a second. But uh before we talk about your younger sister, let's talk about your teammate Pine. Um when did you start competing with Pine and, and what different organizations or events has he participated in? I started with Pine probably a few months before last year's SRSU. Um, so I trained and I want to say I did a few hunt tests in there and trained until um, June. And then most of it, I will say, um, Mr. Steven has done, um, he's got, he's a hunter retriever champion. Um, he's got his master hunter, um, and he has a grand pass and a master national pass. Um, so all of that, um, Mr. Steven and my dad, my dad did most of the hunting, the HRC stuff. Um, so they, we, it's been a group effort, definitely. Um, but I started with him last year. Does the dog react different to you? as he does to Steven and your dad? And if so, if he responds differently to different handlers, how do, how do you handle that as a handler, knowing that, you know, he, he may not do the same thing for you that he's going to do for Steven? Um, I would say it's definitely, there is definitely a difference. Um, I mean, comparably speaking, I would do, if I were him, I would be doing whatever I could the best for Mr. Steven. And I'm the one that um, loves him on, on him on the couch and stuff. So I'm a little bit a different um appearance too so i would say there's definitely a different reaction um but it's worked out well for us 
So I can't complain about the difference, but I would definitely say there is one. One of the things we often get asked by people on Facebook when we say we're going to interview a guest and we say, you know, what kind of questions do you want us to ask? A lot of it's about training, but another thing we always get asked is like, what's the dog's personality like, right? Because I think all our listeners have dogs of their own that they're training and, and some of them may be amateurs just getting into this game and some may be professionals like Steven. And, and we all know that the dogs, like people have different personalities. And so what's Pine's personality like? Um, this, it, he is like the biggest puppy you have ever met. He will sit in my, he still sits in my lap and he still, he still walks and runs like a little puppy. He, um, he's so calm and like, he'll be rolling around on the ground before while we're walking up to the line. Like he'll be just rolling around and everybody looks at me and they're like, he's just so worried about this, <laughs> but mm -hmm. he's very, very calm. And, um, just, he's always been one of those that if you let him out outside, you can find him laying under a tree in the shade. He's not, he's very relaxed and, um, definitely he's very enjoyable on the lawn and in the house. What are the two of you like as a dog and handler team? What do you personally think are your strengths and what do you think are your weaknesses together? Um, I would say his out in the field work is probably my favorite thing to work on because it still needs work. Uh, it will always need work, but blinds are definitely so much fun for me to run because it's just, it's amazing to me the, it's like the conversation we're having, but he's, well, first of all, can't talk and sometimes 300, 400 yards out in the field. And he's still able to communicate with me on different levels. And I just, th I think that's amazing. And where's a, a growth potential area for the two of y'all together? Is it just spending more time together competing in events or what? I would definitely say it's more time and, um, more experience because I mean, I've run these two SRS events and I've run a bunch of HRC um, hunt tests, but nothing much outside of that. So if we can get some more time together, that would be, that would be awesome. Brian, I got to give it to you. You're great at a segue helping me go to the next segment. I was just sitting here thinking we need to start talking about her uh, competing last year in the SRSU. And I'm like, you know, how are we going to transition to that? And then you're like, I've competed in these two SRSU events. So that was perfect transition. <laughs> Let's talk about that first one last year. As I understand it, your your teammate, that, that first year for those listening that don't understand, it was a, a team competition. And your teammate was Hunter Lamar. And I understand it. He's how you got into the SRS event. Can you just tell us about how you found out about it and what that experience was like for you? And, and can you just describe, you know, what it was like competing in that inaugural event? Yes. So I... I think I got a call from Hunter and it wasn't, Hey, we're going to, do you want to do this with me in Ju June? It was, um, get pine ready. We're doing, we're driving to Arkansas. Um, so of course I was open to it. And, um, he, I believe Miss Shannon was in touch with him, maybe through Ducks Unlimited at UGA. Um, I think that's how they first got connected, but he has, really pushed me definitely because it's always a competition between the two of us. Um, but he has pushed me and he's always, I mean, I'm sure I'll get a text if he watches this about how I talked about him, but, um, he's always been there and always pushed, pushed me to do better, <laughs> hopefully better than him. But <laughs> how, how long have you known Hunter and how'd y'all first meet? Um, I've known Hunter. Oh, geez. 
I'm not. I couldn't tell you. Pro- probably since I was like six. His dad built our house. So I that's my first memory of him is running around our halfway built house. <laughs> so um, I want to say we we got we got him back into the dogs a few years ago and then he pulled me into the SRS so um, it's definitely been a back and forth kind of relationship do you think the fact that y'all have known each other for so long helped you in that that first SRSU competition last year in 2019 the fact that um, you know even though you were competing with your dog and he was competing with your with his dog it was a, a team score so your score plus his was the total team score do you think that the two of y'all knowing each other for so long gave you an advantage over the other teams? Oh, absolutely. Because he knows my strengths and weaknesses and I know his strengths and weaknesses. So he, he would be able to say, Hey, you need to watch pine on this part where I could tell him whenever, after I would run, I would say, Hey, watch this for Mick or make sure that you do this before you get to the line. So I think it's, it definitely was, while we did have a coach and he was a large presence, um, we did figure some things out together that I'm ne- not necessarily would have seen if I was just running by myself. What was it like winning? It was awesome. Um, I would say, honestly, I had, um, I don't, I think it was the second series that more leaned towards the hunt test side of things. Um, Because I feel like we generally start with a field trial. I want to say we did last year, we started with a field trial. And that's not necessarily my um, favorite thing to do, but we, um, it went well. Um, And I want to say that the hunt test was where it got more comfortable and I was able to relax a little bit and um, get our score down. And then, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago was was the 2020 version of the SRSU event. And it was a slightly different format. Uh, no more teams, but uh, everyone competing as, as individuals, as a dog and handler team, similar to how the pros and amateurs compete. And so uh, you were no longer competing on a team with Hunter, uh, just you and Pine competing by yourselves. Once again, though, coached by, by Steve Endurance. Uh, but even under a new format, results were still the same. You won yet again. Uh, what do you think is the key to your success, you know, this year as well as winning last year? You know, this year... Why do you think you were able to to come out on top again? I have, as I said before, I've trained under Mr. Steven for close to 10 years now. And I would say that that is the biggest blessing for the past two years. Because he can say one word and I know exactly what kind of cast he wants or what kind of, what kind of whistle or there are just so many. We've been doing this for so long together that I know immediately what he's going to say and how he wants me to project it to the dog. And I would say that having him behind me, it gives me another, a level of confidence that I wouldn't have if he weren't there. Um, So I would say that's the biggest probably um, thing that would get, got us through both years. Steven's a big, tough dude, but I guarantee you when he's listening to this podcast, no one's going to be around him, but he's going to be blushing because you're saying all these nice things about him. (laughs) Oh, I'm being nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Your sister competed this year. And as you said a few minutes ago, you told her that she better do a good job. Um, And I mean, she came in (laughs) second. Hey, other than than you, she beat everybody else. So uh, I got to think that you're you're very proud of her. And I know there's that sibling rivalry as well. But 
uh, just tell us what that weekend was like for your for your entire family that, that you know you and your your sister were able to compete and and do so well at the competition. Oh, absolutely. We were. Um, I was excited to have her, and she did really well, obviously. But um, we actually we all four of us packed up in my dad's truck, and we drove our way to Arkansas, and um, it was definitely worth it. And she she's been she had a tough time with her first boykin. Um, a little bit that dog's more stubborn than anything I've ever met. Um, but it was awesome to see her run boss and to see her interact with him and so many different levels that, um, I'm so glad she got to go out with us. Yeah. And is she planning on competing in future events as well? Yes, sir. I hope we both will. I was about to ask you as the two time defending, you know, champion of (laughs) FRSU, what's the future hold for you in this sport? Uh, and, and you know, any future competitions that you're looking forward to, or are you just going to continue competing in the, the college event, or you want to try your hand at some of the club events? What do you think uh, the future holds for you? It honestly depends on if we go back to school this fall. Um, that will be the biggest, um, biggest part of that decision. Um, hoping because with the win, we qualify for the crown. And if we will be online, then maybe there will be, a chance at that, but who knows? I don't know. Um, it right now it doesn't look like we will be online, so it will kind of limit my chances of running in anything um, besides the summer. The SRSU. Yeah, that makes sense. What What would you like to see stay the same about SRSU, and and what would you like to change about the competition? Um, I have loved the coaching aspect. As I said before, it just gives me another another. Um, I I know I know I have backup basically. Um I would say the coaching part is something that I love and would not want to change. Um I think that the biggest part with SRSU is that we're going to have to get more participants and um I think by doing that I think it would be have to be opened up to maybe being able to run someone else's dog or having more options of running dogs. Um which I think that Ms. Shannon has done a great job the past two years um, opening things up and giving us the option to express what we think needs to be changed. And um, and she's been really great in looking into those and helping us get through to the next year. As one of the few female competitors in a male-dominated sport, how, how do you think you can help you know grow this sport not only – in terms of, of among the college students, but just in general of, of trying to get more women to participate uh, in, in hunt trials or in super retriever series or in field trials, any of that, uh, just kind of what are you, what is your thoughts on trying to get more women interested in, in the retriever trial game or hunt tests or anything like that? I think that there definitely needs to be more women in, in the sport. And I think there are plenty of women that know how to, or know to extent on how to handle a dog and know or enjoy hunting and that kind of things. And I think that the biggest thing would be um, like advertisement. And um, Mr. Steven does a ladies handler seminar and we've been, I've been coming to that for years now. And that's always a a cool way for me to meet um, other women that are in participating in the sport and that are very good. Um, Definitely some people that I look up to. Well, I'm sure a lot of the other competitors also look up to you and they will continue to do so in the, in the years ahead especially among the the younger competitors who are coming up. You know, Brian, it's been an, an absolute pleasure to, to have you on the podcast today. Before we let you go, 
We want to ask five quick questions. We always end the podcast with these same five questions. I ask kind of rapid fire questions and just answer the first thing that comes to your head, kind of quick style. <laughs> uh, number one, what's something about you most people don't know? Ooh. Um, I have two basketball state championships. <laughs> Those go along in the trophy case with the SRSU ones. Here we go. Absolutely. So, <laughs> when I say question two, when I say retriever trials, who's the first dog that comes to mind and why? It could be your dog. It could be someone else's dog. It could be a dog Mr. Steven trains. Who's the first dog that comes to mind when I say retriever trials? Um, definitely dude. Um, he has influenced just about everything, including he's a dad to my dog. So he's definitely the first per first dog that I think of. All right, that leads us into question three here. If Dude and Pine, so two-part question. If Dude or Pine was a human athlete, what sport would he play and why? I think football, just my favorite. <laughs> I think that they are both very focused and great athletes. I mean, I haven't found a more athletic two dogs. I'd, it's crazy. If you had to describe yourself in one word, what would it be? Probably different because um, you don't see many girls out here or – teenage girls to be more specific. <laughs> That's absolutely true, but we are glad that you're out in the sport because like we said, trying to diversify it and get more more women out there and more teenagers out there. So having a, a female teenager compete and win is uh, is really good for the sport. Our fifth question normally is what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? But considering you're a college student, I'm going to revise that question and say you're currently a student at Clemson. What's your major and what's your future plans in terms of a career? Um, I'm actually a marketing major at Clemson and I'm hoping to get into the world of sports marketing. Um, hopefully right out of college, but we'll see. <laughs> awesome. Well, Brian, I know the, uh, the future is bright for you, uh, hopefully in the sports marketing world, but I know definitely also here in, in one of your hobbies, which of course is the retriever trials. Uh, you've been a, a great champion the last two years for SRSU and you've been a, a great guest here today on behind the line podcast. So thanks for joining us. And uh, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening as well. And tune in again next time for the next episode of the Behind the Line Podcast. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep-sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6'8 Western. Oh, I'm the there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.